Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. Joe, have you ever played the game Cards Against Humanity? Yes, yes I have. Do you think I, I? Is it? It's very uncomfortable for me. Very uncomfortable. Very, I mean, I think that's the. Uh, I think that's the goal of of the game. I think at its at its core is to make. I don't you think uncomfortable. you've ever. I don't think you've ever been a, 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 more uncomfortable in your life unless you've played Cards Against Humanity with your mother in law, and I did that. Oh, a that's a that's a mistake. Yeah, yes. no, no, no. I would never. That do, is cringe. I would never do that. I would apples, cringe. Uncomfortable. Apples to apples is the one you want to play with your uh, with your mother in law. I think. Definitely not. Although I will tell you, my mother in law is awesome. Like she takes it in stride. Like it was, it she. We were all in tears, but I was very uncomfortably in tears. Uh huh. Anyway, the reason I bring it up is there's (laughs) a new one. There's a new one, and we've played this now with Max, who's ten, and it's called Kids Against Maturity. Have you seen this one? No, no. Yeah, it's a a new game. It's it's, a form of it. It is the same game, but for kids. But there is some. There are some things where I'm like, I don't know if I want to explain this to my son. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's right. not super inappropriate. Nothing like that. But there's things I'm like, yeah, I don't really. What, Dad, what's uh Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't really know what to say. It's kind of like, and I did not see. It's kind of like when I asked you about the Barbie movie, right? Like, I haven't seen the Barbie movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, well, what about for kids? And you're like, well, yeah, there's some things in there, right? But like, I don't know. Like, not super inappropriate, but definitely enough where you're like, yeah, that's not comfortable. Yeah. Where, well, is this this game, though, like, everything is like that, or it's just like... No, 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 very few. Like, there's there's a few cards here and there like that, but most are, like, I'll give you, like, you know, you have random questions, you know, you you can fill in the blank questions, and those are just kind of common, and then some of the cards you can come up with are, like, I just grabbed a whole handful, the box is sitting in front of me, the cards, fancy pants... But there's Camp Dicky Do, right? Uh, knuckle mm-hmm. sandwich served with Hawaiian punch. So it's totally cool. Like a lot of it's very, very, very appropriate kid related, right? Things like that. But there are things you can get in here, and I'd have to find one that you're like, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, let's just move on to that one. You know what I mean? Yeah, I um, I, kids against maturity. By the way, that's what it's called. Kids against maturity. Did he? Did you end up? What did you end up doing with the uh, Barbie movie? By the way, with on this, I never. I've never seen it. I actually. Okay. It's funny. One of the Bills road trips, one of the longer ones, late in the year. There were two long ones late in the year, L.A. and Miami. Miami's not super long. L.A.'s a lot longer, obviously, but enough to watch a good movie, right? Mm. So, and even Kansas City, actually, there were three of them. I decided that I was going to try and watch a movie. That's when I watched Oppenheimer on one of them. I think it was to L.A. Um, But I did have a chance. I saw Barbie on there a few times, and I just couldn't click it. I didn't want to click it. I don't know if I want to watch it. I might peek in on it when it's on. You know, here and there, so mm-hmm. you know. You you watched it. You I, you think I should? It's not. You don't need to. You know, it's uh, it's fine. I liked it. I wouldn't watch it again. Probably my wife couldn't decide if she liked it or not. I think she ended up liking it. Um, it got nominated for best picture. Mm-hmm. I think at the Oscars. And, you know, in terms of like inappropriate stuff, I think it's you know I think it's mostly fine. But it's kind of the same thing as. 
the card game you're talking about where like there would be a moment or two throughout it where it's like, oh, okay, I don't know what to do here. Right, right. Well, I would say that I, I will t- you could take this however you want. I am a Margot Robbie fan, okay? So like I, I, I would watch to see her. I think she's excellent. Um, but she's also in a movie I did watch recently, totally different than that, which is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Have you seen that? Yes. Love that. Wow. Movie. I love great movie. Love that. that, Great movie. That actually I saw on a plane like you saw Oppenheimer. The first time I saw that movie, I was on a flight. It was great. Yeah, that was um, very. Did you know? I promise, folks, we will get. I mean, I'm like delayed. I don't want to talk about football this week. I don't want to talk about it. It's hurting me (laughs) to talk talk about this. I'll talk movies all day. I I don't care. Um, Did did you know the story of. So Margot Robbie in this movie plays Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate was one of the people murdered in the Manson murders. Did you know that story before going into, or do you know that story, the Manson murders and Sharon Tate and um, Roman Polanski? I I know the story now. I did not know that. No, I did not know that that was what it was in the movie, though. No. So so you didn't know going in about the, the Polanski, about Sharon Tate, about the Manson murders, correct? No. No. Like, I knew all right. I knew I, all wouldn't them, you think it would help? The whole thing. You should probably... Here's my advice to anybody. Here's my advice to anybody, okay? Mm-hmm. If you're going to watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I recommend, it's an amazing movie with incredible actors and actresses, yep. great cast, yep. I would recommend you at least brush up on the history of the Manson murders and specifically when it comes to... Uh, Sharon Tate at their house at Roman Polanski's house. Wouldn't that be fair? Don't you think that I would think help? So I think having a little bit of background there, I do think would would help a lot because the movie kind of takes place leading up to that summer and that night, essentially. And then I'm not going to spoil anything, but yeah. it's all about that. And it is a uh, Quentin Tarantino film, you know. So right. I would definitely yes. recommend that. <laughs> yes, and that's I'm, hard to follow sometimes. Anyway, I'm laughing because the final scene in that movie is just like one of the most oh my what is happening scenes like of right, all time. Right. I love it. Okay, and that's watching right. it with people around me, I'm like not. I'm like ah, oh, I, I could like having a hard time not reacting like in a in an incredible fashion because you just can't believe what you're watching at the end. Right, it's but crazy. if so, it's funny for me. Like I. Hmm. You didn't know the history behind it no. until you watched that scene. Right. I did. I bet you we both had two completely total rea- different reactions. Why? Why is that? Because just because of well, yeah. I don't want to spoil it. I want. Yeah, I don't want to spoil right. it. Yeah, that's right. But Let's... you know what I mean. I mean like, because I knew the history of the. Uh, that's true. Well, I just I was not expecting that ending. Like you didn't know what to expect, right? But I know no. the history behind the murders, and I'm watching, I see, yeah. and I'm expecting this. Ha- it's like a documentary almost, and then. You're like, right. wait a minute, what's going on here? Right? Yes. Okay. I, I, I. Now I know what you mean. Okay. I know what you mean. Yeah. I'm sure everybody else is following that that saw it too. This, okay. Again, right. 2019 movie. It's out there. So we're, all right, we're being all right. well, kind. Well, that's good. I didn't realize spoiler. it was out for so long. We're being yeah, kind with spoiler alerts, but it's fine. We we've made it this far, so we might as well finish without spoiling. <laughs> Well, speaking of movies, we're actually going to have a movie director on today. And at 11:30, a guy named Scott Rubin's going to come on. Scott is a Buffalo native. He's living out in California. You, do you, are you familiar with National Lampoon, like the magazine? Remember the yes, National Lampoon sir. magazine? Yes, I am. Yep. Scott was the longest editor in chief of National Lampoon, um, and and he actually he's out in California. He has made a movie with some other people called Unbelievable, like spelled like the Bills, Unbelievable, and it's about basically a really really rabid kind of crazy Buffalo sports family that gets together for games and. The Bills are ultimately playing in. Well, you can, I don't think they can. That was say Super Bowl on the in the trailer, whatever you know, rights or whatever. But they're ultimately playing in the big game, and they all get together, and it's craziness. And the reason we're having them on is two things. Number one, um, the movie actually opens in theaters in New York State tomorrow for a week. It'll be like a run. It's been online, and now it's going to be in theaters. It'll be pretty cool. And Joe, I got a bit of a part in it, but it's just my voice. It's not my yeah. face. So I'm in the movie, and I'm actually. I'm actually the radio play-by-play guy setting up the game, which is pretty cool. Well, you, so that was cool to be a part of. Well, you get an IMDb credit for uh, for that. So what's what's funny about that is I am already on IMDb. I was in another TV series that ran a little. They, they filmed a pilot here in Buffalo called For Nothing. Mm-hmm. That was a few years ago. It's a um, it's a book based on it's a mafia book. But it's a it's a book written by a Buffalo native, and. He made. He's trying to make it into a, a series, and it's about the mafia, basically. And 
I actually play a part called the cleaner, and I'm the guy that goes in after right. after people, get, and I have to clean right. it up. Okay, so I'm in this, and so I went to I but the problem is in that one they spelled my name wrong. So then on I am I'm not on this one when they do it though. I, I want them to spell my name right, but I'm not on the IMDb of this particular one. I'm gonna have to ask Scott about that. But when I was looking at it, Joe, what I did find interesting was I found my name on IMDb under K Adams show. Like this, these, you know how you have oh, up in Adams. Sure. Yeah. Apparently, they're putting guests on the IMDb page of the show. Okay, they're, you know guests who come on who come on with her. Right. It's it, it qualifies as a as a TV series, even though it's like a live sports show. I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Should we do that? So should we set up like a <laughs> extra point show uh-huh. IMDb page? And have all of our guests' names on it. That would take, I think, a lot of effort. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, we'll have yeah. Scott Rubin on. He is the director of Unbelievable. And then, um, but before that, Paul Hamilton comes at ten thirty. And I, I did what you normally do last night. I did not watch a single second live of the Sabers game. I fell asleep before that. Mm-hmm. My intention was to. Kind of, I was right before the game started. I fell asleep, so I didn't watch any of it. Got up this morning and. I didn't watch the condensed version. I watched just all the goals, all the highlights. Okay. Yeah. I don't think the condensed version is much more than that anyway, right? It's, it's a couple it's minutes not, more, yeah, maybe? It's, I think it ends up being like 20 minutes. It's not much more, I don't think. And I don't know why I do this to myself, Joe, but as soon as I watch that, and as soon as I see they win, stupidly, I go to the standings. <laughs> like, where <laughs> are they now, could right? could not have felt great, I don't think. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess I'm just holding out any sort of hope. And I know that a few teams around them lost and... I think the Capitals lost again last night. Yeah, they're like they're still seven points back of Detroit. Detroit is a game in hand. Yeah. And then I'm doing the math of, well, wait a minute, they got the San Jose coming up. What if they went? Ooh, can we talk about them coming back from the West five points down? Like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, just, I guess it's just it's just way too much of hoping and praying. Yeah, for me, like I don't. They haven't given anyone a sign that they're capable of the run that they would need to to get back in it. I mean, they are they're seven points back. If you look at like what the current pace is for um for like the final playoff spot, I mean we're talking about like another low total, right? That's gonna be like ninety one points again to make the playoffs in the east, but man, to get to ninety one points, I mean you're you're you just got to the halfway point of that. And you're already six games past the halfway mark of the season. So your record's gotta be pretty incredible. And you have to also not have anybody go on a crazy run. Not the Devils, who I think are capable of it. Not the Islanders, not the Capitals, not the Penguins. Um, and that's if you catch Detroit. So, so much needs to happen. They need. They still don't have a real win streak on the season, right? Like, I think, yeah. I think it's still true. They've not won three games in a row all year. And, man, if you can't string wins together... And they've not looked dangerous enough to, for me to think that they can do that. I don't. I don't think. I don't think they have it in them to, to get near making the playoffs. Do, do they even have points in three games in a row this year at all? They might. I'm not sure. I'd have to look at the schedule and go down it. I'm looking right now. They have done that. December seventh through the eleventh, they went win, shootout, loss, win, and one other time they went win, overtime, loss, win. But that's that's it. So they only even had two three game point streaks, let alone wins, and that's only three. I mean, where they are in the standings, mm-hmm. so they need like they need like a five or a six game win yeah. streak just to even have the conversation. Right. And after they come home, this was the this was the time to do it. We talked about it. Right. They went yeah. into a stretch starting with Columbus in that game that they uh, won in overtime. Actually, starting with that game back on December thirtieth, it looks like right before the new year, mm-hmm. they had Columbus, Ottawa, Montreal, Pittsburgh, you know, Seattle, pretty good team, right? Ottawa, Vancouver, so there are a couple in there, but they had this stretch. How many was it? 12? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12. This will be the 13th game in a row of, hey, 13 winnable games. You're not expected to win them all. You have this huge um, homestand in here. Started with Columbus, went on the road for three. They go, uh, come back home, then they go on the road. What do they do in these 13? Let's see. Win, 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 win. Seven wins, six losses. Yeah. That's. I mean, you can't do that when you have 13 games against winnable opponents that several of them you're fighting with in the standings. Or, you know, even on this, they're not Tampa, yes. We know they were. 
uh, Ottawa, I guess, Montreal, but you can't do that. This was the stretch, Joe, because now they come home. You know who they have after this game in San Jose when they come back? The Stars, the Blues, the Kings, the Panthers, the Wild, and then you have a few more games going back to the other group. Yep, does not uh, does not get easier. I mean, they how did they last night was kind of a a, a last night last year type of game where they forced a defensive team to kind of break out of their shell and play a little bit of a run and gun style. At least the the numbers show that the shots told that. Especially there were ninety or uh, not ninety seven eighty. Wait a minute, what was it? 40-37 to 37 were the shots. So you had a lot of chances in the game. You had a lot of goals in the game. But they even looked like that a lot. That's how they put runs together last year was they'd uh-huh. go on these two-week stretches where they were scoring five goals in every game. And that's because Tage Thompson was in a Rocket Richard race. And Cousins was scoring 30 goals. And Tuck was scoring near 40. You know, like, a lot of the guys that were scoring for them last year and really driving the scoring are not doing it this year. I think it starts with their top two centermen, especially. Um, and really, without Thompson looking like a superstar and without Cousins looking like he did last year, that's really where I, I really get down to. I don't think they're capable of mm-hmm. getting back in the race. Is Until I see Tage Thompson look like a 50-goal scorer again, or I see Dylan Cousins look like a 30-goal scorer again, I, I don't think they're, as com- they're not as good of a team as they were last year. Want to correct myself? In the last twelve, they have one more game left of this group that we were talking about. In the last twelve, they're seven and five. But Joe, part of the problem is out of the five, they're all regulation losses as well. They didn't even pick up a point in any of those losses. Right. You know, you're getting these loser points. We call them. Other teams are getting. You're not even getting those. Right. So when you look at the standings, and I I look at it as yeah, you could say twenty. What is it? Twenty. I have to look at the exact record. Twenty-one, twenty-three, um, and four is their record. Thank you. Yeah. So it's really twenty-one and. 27. I mean, right. that, that's what it is, right? It's right. 21 and 27. That's what it is. And that, then you look at Detroit. Okay, they're in the last spot, the last wild card. They're just over 500 when you add wins, when you had losses and overtime losses. Um, that's what you need. You need to combine the last two columns and you still have to have more wins. Just barely, but you still need to have more wins. And they're a long way from that. There's seven games under that. Yeah. I, I I'll say this. I don't think that well. The problem is the math of like how many teams are above you because I could break it down and say, all right, well, seven points. That's a lot, and you know I I need to see the Sabers look better to get here. But I think the, I don't think the Red Wings are that great. I don't think they're that great of a hockey team. I don't like their roster all that much. I think they're getting a little bit lucky, and when you look at stuff like their shooting percentage and their save percentage, um, but okay. All right, so I could see them in a in a scenario making up seven points on the Red Wings, but then you have to pass the Devils, Islanders, Capitals, and Penguins all at the same time. Like every, yeah. you have to be better than every single one of them by a good margin the rest of the way, and that's where it gets tough. Like I, the Devils for me, like we'll see if they figure it out. They they've been healthier because yeah. they were so good last year under Lindy, and with all the offensive talent they have. And they've taken a step back this year in big part due to injuries. And, you know, if they go on a little bit of a run here at some point, then, like, now it's now it's really over. Now now there's there's no average team that can make it if the Devils turn, turn around and look like they did last year. Because if they are the team that does it, like, Islanders aren't great, Red Wings aren't great, Capitals aren't great, Penguins aren't great, Sabres aren't great. I think the Devils still can be. And, you know, all these teams better hope that they don't get on a run because if they do, then I feel mm-hmm. like the race is going to die off a bit. Feels like the two teams that we kind of expected that were a little bit higher than we thought are coming back to the mean of the Capitals and Penguins, right? The Capitals yes. now lost three yes. in a row. Yes. They're four and six. Like, that was a team playing over their heads, and I I thought that at least. I think that's bearing out. Pittsburgh was never, like, great in the conference, but they were – Climate. They're, they're not playing as well anymore either. They're still plus twelve in goal differential, but uh, their last ten, they're four and six. You know, two two uh, loser points they get in there. But same thing, they've lost a couple in a row. So there's opportunity with teams that are trying. They're falling down a little bit. I'm still waiting for Philly to fall down. It hasn't happened necessarily, yeah. right? I mean, that's a team that I thought all year would be that. But you you said it right though. Even if you have that, well, then here comes you know Carolina. Yeah. That you're yeah, well, not yeah. that they're not necessarily in a spot, right? They're already they're in their they're, division. They're in their doing okay. Spot. Here comes New Jersey. I'm sorry, New Jersey's the team I wanted to point out. Here comes New Jersey, right? They're right there, and you still have the other teams. And I don't know. I don't think the Islanders are that good. At the end of the day, I don't think they'll compete. But you still have these teams that you're in the mix with. That you're probably just just like them. What's funny is as we look at kind of the East here, the team that's getting lucky actually is Toronto. <clears throat> Toronto, 
I think I saw mm. in their last 26 games, is it 26 or 28, maybe 28 games, that they have eight regulation wins. Yes. And they only have 15 on the season. The Sabres have more by four. That's amazing. And it is amazing. Actually, Columbus and Montreal are the only team. That's not true. Islanders, too. Islanders, Montreal, Columbus. They're the only teams in the East with fewer regulation wins than Toronto has. They are winning. They're getting to overtime. Like, you just kind of pointed that out. That that matters in the NHL standings. You get yep. to overtime, then that can that can stockpile. And they win games and shootouts in overtime. Um which sometimes Joe, they're fifteen and thirty-one when you combine the two, the Fif- loss and the the loser point column. Yeah, they're fifteen and thirty-one, but they are where they are. So like you, you can't. I mean, I I don't know how great Toronto is compared to past years, but then you'll eh, ten points. You know, just the Sabers have put themselves in this position where we can't yes. even we can't do this on a day to day basis. Where guys, it's right there. Look at the East is down, and yep. Detroit's not that good, and Toronto even is having a down year. And like you you can't you, you can't have the conversation just because they they haven't earned being in that conversation. So the thing that happens now is you go okay, well. Now you get to the point of no return even, where even a major change doesn't really matter. It doesn't do anything for you. So if anybody says, hey, they got to change the coach, and I respect it and I get it. It's the same thing you know, we talk about with the football coach. Will it matter? I don't know. You know, in the long run, totally different scenario here. But in this season, it, mm. it, I don't think it would matter. Even if you get a bump from a change from Don Granado, is it going to be that significant that you're going to make the playoffs? I mean, I can't see that. So now you're to the point of, yeah. well, you ride it out, and you see where you are, and you evaluate it at the end of the year. I would think that that's what Kevin Adams is thinking and ownership is thinking. I don't know. And the other part of that, Joe, is the trade deadline doesn't matter for this now. At least if you're in a spot, I, I envisioned this year. This is what I thought going into the year. This team would be close. They might even be in a spot, a playoff spot, at the trade deadline, and then you do pull the trigger on making sure you do it. Let's close this out. Let's break this drought. Let's go. You have depth in your organization. You have pieces, young pieces, I mean. You have some capital. Go get a player or two that would put you over the hump. You can't even do that now, Joe. It doesn't matter. I am not interested in trading a Kulik or a Savoy or somebody on this roster that's young and promising maybe or whatever for someone like that because that's not going to matter now. Yeah, and on the coaching, like Paul said this yesterday, and we'll have him on, um, he he said, and I think he's right, that I, I bet you if they ever did move on from Don Granada, like the next head coach of the Buffalo Sabres would be Seth Appert. Um, and I, I'm not hmm. I'm not disparaging Seth Appert when I say this, but he's an NHL, no, I, he's I an totally NHL coach, agree. and he kind of has the same background. He comes from a development background. like, what, And I like Granado anyway, so I'm not the one that you know is calling for him to be fired, but okay, if I do that, how different – what do I really expect to happen? How how much different am I really expecting it to get? You know, if you if you want to tell me that Gerard Gallant or Bruce Boudreaux, some veteran coach, is going to come in and be their head coach, then okay. But like like you said, am I doing that now? I'm so far out of it that, you know, even if, even if you did want to have, you know, Granado, you know, not be your coach anymore, I think that now you're at a point where it just seems like more of an off-season thing. You give him the rest of the season at least, and you see who's out there. And maybe you find someone to take your job. The difference between the Bills conversation and the Sabres conversation, of course, is if they ever chose now or in, you know years down the road to move on from Sean McDermott, because Josh Allen's their quarterback, especially, but for other reasons too, they, they, they'd find a, a great candidate. They'd find a qualified candidate. They would get, you know, maybe they could have got a Jim Harbaugh type. You know, they, Vrabels of the world, the offensive guys. Like, the Bills would find their way to a great idea at coach, I think. The Sabres, I very much questioned who would take the job. It, it's I compared it the other day to where the Bills were at in the middle of their drought, which the Sabres are kind of at the same point of the of you just don't even feel like you really exist anymore. The Bills in halfway through their drought hired Chan Gailey as their head coach. And I ended up liking Chan, but there was no other team in the NFL that would have hired Chan Gailey as their head coach at that point in time. He was a fired offensive coordinator that hadn't coached in the league as a head coach in ten years. And that's where I worry about the Sabres being right now of, okay, they would have an opening and Gerard Gallant, Bruce Boudreaux, those guys are like, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going there. I'm not coming to Buffalo. Well, there is one guy. There is one guy that Who's I think that? would do it. I, and you have to I, you correct me about his contract situation. Yeah. Rod Brindamore. Even that one, like, maybe, right? Like, could, Kevin Adams. Well, because of his relationship with Adams. With Adams. Right. Is, but is that, even, even is that, is that strong enough for Brindamore, who let's, 
We just talked about the Leafs. Sheldon Keefe is getting tons of heat up there, and he very likely could be fired at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. If Rod Brindamore is out there, is does he have such a strong relationship with Don Granato that he would pass on a job Kevin like, Adams, you mean? Or with Kevin Adams, thank you, that mm-hmm. he would pass on a job like Toronto or return to Carolina, who's been a stable organization or has at least been a good organization? Would he pass on jobs with teams that are competitive – have been competitive and are res- are more respectable just because of the relationship with Adams? Maybe. maybe. I'm not even saying definitively Well, I don't no. think it would be just that. Obviously, we all know money would be a you know yep. whatever the money is. And yep. I would say you look at the roster, maybe you think, hey, I can come in there and be the savior. I don't have to come into a pressure cooker either, right? I mean, yes, cooker is far- pressure cooker as far as getting them over the hump, yeah. but I can go in there and give them something they've never had in 12 years. Yeah. No, I, I hear you, but... I just, I guess for me, I'll believe it when I see it that somebody, either as a coach or a player that is highly regarded in the league, chooses to yeah. come to Buffalo. Because at this point, what I have is third pair defensemen have chosen to come here. I've got a guy that was from here that chose to come here. And everybody else was drafted, right? Or, or a Don Granado or, you know, uh, Granado really like for as much as he's I've liked him in the job here he he would never have got a head coach job anywhere else I don't think if he got fired tomorrow I don't think he would get another crack at being a head coach in the league you know like worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. But Babcock didn't choose to come here. Like, those big names, you know, the the free agent types, the coach types. Like, I, I'll believe it when I see it. When a guy that has the stature of a Rod Brindamore in this drought chooses to come to Buffalo. We'll get with Paul Hamilton next here on the Extra Point Show. Welcome to a Thursday edition. Sal Capaccio, Siki Joe DiBiase here on WGR. It's Paul Hamilton. That's what they called me in college. It's the bone. He has the facts to back up his opinions. People ask me, well, how are the Sabres going to win tonight? I don't have a clue. On WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, well, Paul Hamilton joins us on the Wester Hotline, and as always... Paul's appearances. I will bring them to you right now. Let me grab them. Are brought to you by Equitable Advisors. Planning for your futures about more than just money. Let Equitable be your guide. And by Relax Honda. Relax, we got this. I, I, we wanted to get Paul on yesterday, but he his schedule wouldn't allow it. And I said, okay, let's do Thursday. I'm glad we're able to talk today, Paul, about a, a nice <laughs> win in L.A. compared to uh, what happened on the uh, the first game out west there. Uh, they, what, I didn't watch a single second of it until I got up this morning and watched the highlights. So, 
All right, Paul Hamilton, I'm just going to give you the floor. Give Sabres fans who could not stay up last night an analysis of the game. Go. Well, this is why I think Sabre fans are so frustrated is, you know, one night you play one of the worst teams in the league, you lay a complete egg, and you lose the game. Then the next night you show up and play a team that's supposed to be better, hasn't been doing great lately, but is in the playoffs right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you score four unanswered goals, and you win the hockey game. And even though Buffalo fell behind three to one in the first period, I didn't hate their game. I, I didn't think they were they weren't anything like they were the the, the the day before. But yet they gave up three goals. Two of them by Devin Levi. He'd want back, and so you didn't get saves on two different goals. You you had a veteran make a pretty bad mistake on the first one, and. Uh, you're you're down three to one, but I I remember saying to Brian at the end of the first period, I didn't think they were out of it by any means, or uh, you just because you saw how they were totally different. They were on it. They were they were good on their forecheck. They were causing turnovers. They were playing with speed. They were players around the net. Um, you know, all the things that they didn't do the night before they were doing in this game. And sure enough, I mean, it, it started coming together in the second period, probably the best game I ever saw out of the cousins line. Uh, mm-hmm. and I think they've been pretty much one of the more consistent lines since Jack Quinn came back, but boy, they were really good in this game and they were the ones that brought it back. I mean, the one goal in the first period was because Cousins and Paterka come up ice quickly. Paterka converts the rebound, and you get a goal there. And then they score two goals to tie it up in the second period in a minute and eight seconds. and uh, or, or, I'm sorry, two minutes and eight seconds. And, again, very nice goals. It, it, the, the types of goals, that's great effort, you know. Jack Quinn, he dives for a puck. And as he dives for a puck, he just sweeps it up ice, and Paterka winds up with a breakaway. And then Quinn rips one from the slot and scores there. And now the game's tied for the Sabres, and they're starting to get rewarded for their efforts. And young Devin Levi, good for him. You know, he made 38 saves on the game. As I said, he had led in two goals in the first period that he had clear looks at, and he should have had them. But he didn't let that destroy his night. You know, he came back and slammed the door after that third goal. And the the Kings weren't able to score. He had to make some good saves. I mean, the Kings did get some pretty good scoring opportunities at times in the, in the last 40 minutes of the game. But Levi made the saves, made some great saves. And I was very impressed how he was able to come back. And Don Granado, after the game, talked a little bit about it. You know, you're weighing, should you pull him? You know, what, what What does that do to the young goaltender? Or should you let him stay in there and try to figure it out? Granado went with the let, it, let him stay in there and try to figure it out, and it worked for the kid. And I think the kid will get a lot out of that game because of it. Paul Hamilton on the West Her Hotline. While you're talking about that line, I, I, I want to talk about Dylan Cousins specifically and what it's done for him. You say, you know, it's been the best that they've played. I mean, I'm trying. To, I'm going to try and look up the numbers here. When Jack Quinn came back, what day was it? It was December 19th. All right, so I want to take it from there. I don't know if the numbers will necessarily bear out, but it feels to me, Paul, like Dylan Cousins, just his game has turned around a bit since Jack Quinn came back. Yeah, he was in no man's land. From, from period to period, he was at center. He was at wing. He was on this line. He was on that line. He just had nowhere to go, really. They didn't know what to do with him or who to put him with. And he, I don't think he reacted real well to it. And once Quinn came back, it's like, okay, you're the center between Quinn and Paterka. That's it. We're not moving you. We're not putting you someplace else. That's your position. And I think that's what he responded to. Plus, he has a very good rapport with those two. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, you got the hiccups all of a sudden. He has a very good rapport with with, with those two, and it just worked. And what I th- what I've seen from that line is there have been nights where they don't, because if you recall, Quinn was scoring, but Paterka and Cousins weren't. But yet we would be talking about at the end of the night what a great game that line had. 
They're in the offensive zone. They're creating chances. They just weren't able to convert on the chances. And, you, you know, Dylan Cousins, you know how he kind of wears his heart on his sleeve. And, yeah. you know, I, that was bothering him that, he, you know, we I had a conversation with him about it. And he's like, yeah, we are playing well, and that's great, and we're happy about that. But he said, I'm paid to, uh, I'm paid a lot of money to score. And he goes, I am not coming through. You know, and, and it really played on his mind that – he felt he was letting the teammates, his teammates and the fans down because playing good isn't good enough. He, he said you got to get results out of it too. And now it's that's starting to happen for him. Uh, you know, he, he's, he scored uh, against Tampa Bay. So now well, I have numbers here. Against- I have numbers here. Let me give this to you real quick, and I want to catch up so you, while you're on this. First 25 games without Jack Quinn. 13 points in 25 games. Mm-hmm. Since Jack Quinn's come back, 10 points in 15 games. Right. Exactly. That's the pace he was on last year. And it's it, but since we've had I've had that conversation with him. You know, he had a goal and an assist last night. He's now has points in 3 games, three straight games. And he had a goal and an assist uh, not too long before that too against Ottawa. So the production is starting to come now too, where it's just not we're playing well; it's we're getting production out of it. And JJ Paterka, wow, he he was just it, it, it you know three stars shouldn't really matter. It just mm. blows me away. He wasn't one of the three stars I, because yeah. he won he won the saber sword, you know, for from the from his teammates as player of the game. I saw Paul that at least I was looking at the ESPN scoreboards. So I don't know if they made a mistake or if this was right, but I just saw okay three stars and it was it was Quinn maybe Cousins and then it was Thompson as the number one star and they only had the three stats there which was goals assists and plus minus and it was funny to see the other guys with stats and Thompson with zero 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 and I'm like is it possible they made a mistake. <laughs> There's 72, kind of looks like 77. Like, how is it possible that Paterka wasn't the number one star and Thompson was? I, I, I wondered the same thing. It was Thompson, Quinn, and Kopitar were the three Kopitar. stars, which I thought Kopitar was the Kings' probably best player. I I don't have any problem with Quinn and Kopitar. Actually, Thompson had a really good game. Mm-hmm. From, from the standpoint, if you look at it, he was dominating in that game. He just didn't get on the scoreboard. I mean, look at... Look at it, you know, what he did from a he had four shots on goal and thirteen shot attempts. Thirteen. But he didn't get on you know, and almost played twenty minutes. Tuck did the same thing. Tuck had a goal, played twenty one twenty four, played a lot because of the Gergensen's injury, so he was double shifting a lot, so he was out there with Krebs and Robinson quite often. Actually when he got his goal playing with Krebs and Robinson after our, our, that was a really good shift but Tuck kind of did the same thing he had 6 shots on goal and 11 shot attempts in the game but yeah Paterka I mean he's two goals and assist plus 4 he had four shots on goal six shot attempts i think that was by far you know the points bear board out too but it was his best game that i had ever, ever seen him play and I did like Thompson's game. I mean, if we were going to talk about Tage Thompson, I would say he just didn't get on the scoreboard, but he had a really nice game. But, yeah, in this game, I don't think I would have made him the first star. Yeah. Paul, so how do they build off this now? Like, what? what's the key? Because we've talked a lot. Joe and I were talking this morning. They still haven't won three games straight. I know that it wouldn't be three in the next game when they play San Jose. But how do they? What is What is holding this team back from getting these consecutive wins and going on a, some sort of streak. It's just the consistency of these. Just all you got to do is take the last two games. And that's been the whole season. <clears throat> the last two games where they just were horrible against one of the worst teams in the national hockey league, almost pulled it out anyway, put, put in six minutes of hockey and made a three, nothing game into a three, two game and had three more minutes to try to get the tying goal. Almost got it. And then the empty netter uh, sealed it for Anaheim. But that's the problem is then you come out the next night, play a better team. Yeah, that team is slumping and, uh, you know, turned the puck over constantly the whole game. Uh, and their coach sat at the podium and just ripped them. I mean, he, he 
here's the quote, the stupidity that went into the loss is beyond explainable, was Todd McClellan's comment in the game, because the Kings turned the puck over all night long. But that's that's the thing. You, you, you played that horrible game where nothing went right. You didn't put any effort into the game. It was you, you should have been embarrassed by the game. But then you come out and play one of your better games right after it. And then, you, we you know, you sit here and look at the standings, and it's a lot of what-ifs. I mean, you, you did with this win. You got ahead of Montreal, so now you only have five teams to leapfrog. And, you know, you're, the Detroit Red Wings are in the final playoff spot. Now you're only seven points behind them. But just go recently. If you just played maybe ten minutes against Anaheim instead of six, maybe you pull two points out of that one. The Vancouver game, you play you play your hearts out and lose one nothing because you can't score two goals in a game. And, and you don't get any points out of that thing. And then you play that big game against Tampa Bay where, boy, you really could use a win there, and, and you don't get anything out of that. I'm just talking about three games here. And, they're, they're, you know, they just, pull, they just pulled within seven of Detroit. Think of where you are if you can get three points out of those three games. And think of the, the different conversation we're having right now. And that's the thing. They're not getting loser points, you know, where other teams around them are. So they don't get the games to overtime. And at least, you know, even if they lose in a shootout or something like that, get those loser points. And there's just too many games where they can't score any goals or enough goals. And you leave the game going, boy, they should have won, but they couldn't score a goal. You know, Lukanen's played, you know, he was, we just finished talking about during the homestand. In four games, he gave up three goals and the Sabres were two and two. How in the heck are you two and two when your goaltender gave up three goals in four games? (laughs) If you would have told me before that happened, I would have sat there and laughed at you and said, what are you, out of your mind? If he only gives up three goals in four games, they're they're probably going to win all four and at worst they're going to be 3-0-1. And they're two and two, and it's mind-boggling. Back to Lukanen again in San Jose. Oh yes, yeah, I think so. And I said this at the end of the first period after Levi had a rough first period, and even though he came back and played really well, I I stand behind it. I, to me, I I think he should be spending the rest of the year in Rochester. Um, it looks like Comrie, from a, from a AHL standpoint, has played really well. His goals against is under two. His save percentage is high. He has a shutout down there. Um, I think it would be better for Levi's development from here on out to get him down there and stay there, and let just let him play, be the number one goalie, play all the time. And you know, I realize he he came back, and I I am very impressed with what he did last night, but. I still think it would be better for him, especially with because Lukanen's going to get most of the games. And, Sal, look forward. There aren't all that many back-to-backs right. where you would you would put the other goaltender in. So, Lukanen, you know, you got to go a while before the, the next back-to-back. I just think it would be better for Levi, even though he really recovered well in that game last night, to go down there, play, and you know, if you need Comrie to play the odd game, he probably can. He's he's kind of he's more used to that than Levi is. He did it in Winnipeg. He played when he was back up to Hellebuck. He played 19 games all year and actually had excellent numbers. So he knows how to do that. I, I just think it would be better for Levi's development if they would just, after the break, send him there, keep him there, let him be the number one guy there because Lukanen seems to really be putting some consistency into his game now, and he obviously is the Sabres' number one guy right now. Paul, have you ever, uh, have you ever been to Salt Lake City? I Yes, in the airport. Okay. Oh, does that, I was, uh, does I, that for count? Whatever reason, for whatever reason, we connected there, uh-huh. and that was it. Are, so you, uh, I, I didn't... are you ready to travel there if the uh, NHL decides to move to Utah? I mean, it sounds like there's some momentum in that, in that direction. Well, I did it with Seattle at that point yeah. in time because of COVID. I wasn't traveling. So, I, you know, the first time the Sabres went to Seattle, I used some airline points and some hotel points. And 
went out right. there, and actually, if you recall, that's when they traded Jack Eichel. In, so it was in Seattle uh, when I was in, Seattle, in Seattle. So, yeah. so it it turned out to be a, a good trip for me, and I, I thought, well, this is the only arena I haven't been to, and I was kind of excited to go there. So yeah. I, I was happy I did. And as it, it turned out, we had some good saber news while I was there. So I would, yes, I would wind up there definitely. Qu- qu- you know, yeah. Qu- on the, on that, real quick, actually, for I want to hear from you on this. That, like, I guess everyone's just looking right at okay, this will be expansion. But I don't know, like, what what what's the line in the sand? Like, how many teams before enough's enough on expansion? Right. Maybe thirty three is fine. But uh, don't you think the Coyotes got to figure out? something before they decide expansion team because that seems like a natural alternative if we keep going here and Arizona can't find an arena. Yeah, and I agree. I, I definitely agree. And, you know, you, Utah, I don't know, is 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 that an NHL market? I can't say. But I think I would try Houston on for size before I would go to Utah. With the market mm-hmm. they have there, Houston uh, had AHL team and it did well at the time. And uh, you know they've talked about Houston in the NHL, and I think I would give that a shot. I've also heard Atlanta again. I go, how many times does Atlanta have right. to get a franchise right. before we just say, you know what? Yeah. And and I do. I, I in defense of Atlanta, when the Thrashers were there, they made the playoffs once and they got swept. So you're trying to sell hockey in an area where the team is awful and you, you, nothing really goes. So that's that's a hard sell. I get that. And maybe that's what they're saying. Well, if you do it right, you know, people from Atlanta will come. Well, it, it failed with the Flames. It failed with the Thrashers. So, you know, what's what, what's the thought process there? But the, the, the city that comes to mind all the time to me that's a larger city and a I would at least, if I were the NHL, want to try that market out, is Houston. All right, Paul, we got to run. Thanks a lot. As always, we'll talk to you down the road. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. All right, you got it. Sabres next in action. Uh, is it tomorrow? Saturday, tomorrow, right, Paul? Uh, Saturday, Saturday 4. Saturday 4. Saturday at 4. Right? It's, yeah, you look at it, it's a 4 o'clock start here. Right. So, because it's a one o'clock start in San Jose, there you go. So that'll be that'll happen on Saturday. I want to talk to you about Salt Lake City in Utah in a second. Very interesting about their sports um, growth here. We'll do that when we come back here on WGR, and then once we get to the eleven o'clock hour, we'll go uh, into the Bills off season. Start discussing some of the things that need to happen here. Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Joe DiBiase on the Extra Point Show. All right, Joe, Salt Lake City, Utah. Could get an NHL team. I agree with you, by the way. There's a lot of there's other rumors out there that maybe it could be the Coyotes. Maybe that makes more sense than an expansion team. Either way, they want one. They have the Utah Jazz. They're called the Utah Jazz because that team used to be in New Orleans. That's why it never made sense. You know, the Jazz, like the Lakers. Come on, there's no lakes in L.A. It was used to be the Minneapolis <laughs> Lakers, right? So that's what happens. So they moved that out there. They didn't change the name. Um, but they have a very, very big appetite for sports. They also would like to have a Major League Baseball team at some point. And I don't know if you know this, apparently they're on the short list for hosting the 2034 Winter Olympics. I think that is part of the th- the, the deal that I saw, that they okay. expect to get those Olympics and that the new mm-hmm. arena that they're going to build, right. a, they need to build a new arena anyway because of getting if they get the Olympics. So that's... You know, what are they going to do with the arena other than the Olympics? Let's get an NHL team there. And That's a great point. Yeah. I think I saw a statement or I saw it talked about from that ownership group that's trying to get a team to Utah that they basically have told the NHL that we want an expansion team, but if you need us on a on a you know, on a short term basis here, that we have an arena that we can play in right now, which I believe is where the Utah Jazz play. And I think that, without you know, calling out another team, is absolutely mm-hmm. them saying, "Hey, if you want to move Arizona, like tomorrow, right. we can take them." After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Um, like tomorrow. They did host the 2002 Winter Olympics. Do you remember that? Salt Lake City? I don't remember, no. What would be the first Olympics I remember? It might be like, might be 06 for sure. Yeah, I don't remember 02. I, when I was a kid, Joe, I could name like tons of Olympics going back to the seventies and where they were held. I could not do that anymore at all. Yeah. It's like one of those things. Just, yeah, just like as you get older, you forget. But I could go back to the seventies through the eighties, nineties, and tell you like all, all the winter and summer Olympics. Now back then they were held in the same year. Now it's rotating every other year, right? Mm-hmm. So this year, twenty twenty four, summer Olympics will be in Paris. That's in July. Then in two mm-hmm. years, uh, Milan, Italy. For the Winter Olympics in 2026, then did you know Summer Olympics 2028 back in the United States, L.A., Los Angeles has the Summer Olympics okay. 2028. Winter has not been decided for 2030, and Brisbane, Australia, is the Summer Olympics for 2032. Salt Lake wants 2034 winter, so we'll see if that happens. And that yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You know, you, you have these new facilities you build and and things like that. We'll see where it goes. We'll see what the Bills are going to do, obviously, over the next several weeks. Interesting coaching news around the league with Jim Harbaugh yesterday. A couple others I want to touch on. And a new report about Bill Belichick maybe not going to Atlanta. And where does that leave him? Let's talk about all of that when we come back here on the Extra Point Show on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 